X and Y about 1675 again, the Muat Empire in India was generally remarkably peaceful and tolerant noted X must be the influence of their Hindu philosophy of life commented Y it is time to go back to what the Ottomans are doing X and Y about 1700, let us summarize what has happened lately said X several things are going on at different places, for example, the Safavid ruler Abbas ruled for a very long time. 1588-1629, and united the kingdom again, giving Iran another golden age, his reign coincided closely with the golden reign of Elizabeth I of England, at the same time, the Ottoman Empire had a long run but it has basically run its course commented why what do you think were its main achievements and milestones, certainly they deserve high marks for duration responded X they had more respect for the customs and religions of the people they conquered, much more tolerance than shown by the Christian nations in the last several centuries. They provided an important service to humanity by helping develop lasting ties between Europe and much of Asia and the Middle East. This empire was the largest and most influential Islamic empire up to this point. It included parts of Europe and established traditions and a culture that were widely copied elsewhere. The antagonism between Christian and Islamic religious leaders, as well as a history of warfare between the empire and various European states will not soon be forgotten. There is a great deal of hatred between the two sides since the Ottomans were both a religious and physical threat to Europe. The hostility fueled negative sentiments that will last a long time X and Y about 1700, what have we learned at this time asked Y, humans are clearly the dominant species on this world, but they have not learned to live with each other, tribalism is still rampant, I see little hope so far that they will reach out to the stars and become an accepted part of our universe. They are intelligent but their greed and desire for revenge negates the two often. The two sexes distrust each other and women are still quite unequal to men in terms of rights even though they seem to enjoy themselves better since they love beauty more and also generate love and fun more in general. Still I believe women are slowly gaining the upper hand between the two sexes and this should cut down on warm or since women tend to be more peace loving and are better compromises than men. Another key problem is that of religion, they have not dispensed with it at all yet. Religion is still important to them and causes considerable pain to many people without giving much in return except in unusual cases of gentle people needing a mental crutch. Our recommendation at this time to the Council of the Universe should be to make sure they cannot leave this planet to settle or conquer other planets. I concur said X they continued observing humans on Earth through the 21st century and witnessed numerous wars including the First and Second World Wars, the Korean War between the US and South Korea versus North Korea and China, the Vietnam War of Independence first against France and then the US, the Afghanistan fight for freedom first against the Russians, then from the Taliban, then against the US and its allies and other conflicts. They decided it was not worthwhile to document all their observations during the period 1660 to 2015 as they had done before since their recommendation to the Council of the Universe remained unchanged X and Y summary. They made a presentation to the United Worlds, UW, regarding the future status of humans in regards to their being accepted as a member of these worlds. They stated that it is clear that at this time humans should not be allowed to join the UW. They noted that the UW has a policy of not interfering in any way in any world but nonetheless suggested changes that would speed up the process of making this world acceptable, help them do away with religions, 
give them at least a glimpse of what life can be in a civilized society, although their religions start off as useful tools for their life, they ultimately become very dogmatic especially after they invented writing, it is still beneficial to some people who are mentally not capable of dealing with life themselves but ultimately serves to justify killing people who are not like themselves and the power structure within each religion becomes so powerful that it allows people not to think for themselves, many of them like that, doing away with religions in some way would expedite the process of developing less of a tribal instinct in them, when humanity controls the whole world as they do on earth, tribal instincts are not needed anymore and in fact are harmful to the species, most of our worlds have gone away from religion and tribalism fortunately and this was usually due to being exposed to other worlds and realizing that the dominant species on these worlds were not the supreme beings they thought they were, a brief presentation of the species history is as follows, originally they started as small bands of 5-50 people struggling for survival against other animals, they were nomadic with primitive languages, Decision-making was done by an alpha male, clearly this was necessary to defend their small, relatively defenseless groups from other similar groups, fierce animals, or natural disasters. Women were clearly not equal when it came to the making of major decisions such as punishment for crimes committed, what constitutes crime, who would live or die under calamitous circumstances and when to move on under what circumstances. But they had a considerable say in quality of life issues, creating pleasant living conditions and planning festivities, they had considerable leverage since they were so important to the continuation of the bands and often provided the basic foods in the form of fruits, small game and vegetables. It was a pleasure to see the dedication of the women to their children and women were clearly the bond that kept the groups together and may have played a significant role in this species winning out over competing human species. Unfortunately, rape was prevalent and to some degree acceptable since men with large amounts of testosterone were vital to the success of their tribe. A man with several mates was not unusual at all. Low cunning was developed rapidly in response to that in women and clearly the women were very competitive when it came to competing for the desirable men. The species self-selected for curvaceousness in their women and high testosterone levels in their men. Men were loyal to each other in times of need and in times of hunting big animals. The role of gays and lesbians has been interesting. Clearly gay men were good to have around in the eyes of the women since they were often gentle and in fact were favored by some women to have their kids. Lesbianism persisted because it was clearly advantageous to have help in protecting and raising children. That must be the reason too why older women who cannot have children anymore were allowed to live out their existence usually and in fact were often highly respected by their tribe. Regarding their environment, it is clear that they constitute a significant threat to it. They kill mercilessly even when clearly not needed. They like killing. It is a very vicious species. For example, as they migrated across their globe there is strong evidence that they killed off their fellow human species and large prey. It is not surprising that this is the species that won out on this world. The men are quite adventuresome, seem to lack fear of the unknown and thirst for adventure, and the strong desire for bonding fostered by the women contributes to this success too. A big change could be observed in this species as they changed from hunters fishermen to agriculturists. By being able to settle down in one place for a long time, they changed their landscape dramatically, for example, by setting large areas in flame, changing the vegetation and animal distribution, and encouraging marriage, empires, and formal trade in women and male slaves. In addition, at some point in time they had to deal with death on a large scale due to epidemics like smallpox. They did not deal with epidemics well, they did not know what they were dealing with and often blamed other tribes or their religion in the form of angry gods. 
at times like that religions usually fell short in that the church leaders would be terrified too and did not provide leadership. There have been some remarkable people, although we are down on their religions, the people that started them were almost always well-intentioned and in some cases made life good for people for a while. The most remarkable was probably Zoroaster, the great as we labeled him. He developed the idea of a good and a bad God and preached that the mission of people was to do well. His religion was quite successful in that he succeeded in two dictators taking care of and doing well to and for their people. This happened in a country they call Iran around 1200 BCE. They governed with the good of the people in mind. Sadly, he was murdered because his religion offered no financial profit to anyone professing this religion. It disappeared pretty much over time. This brings us to what has probably been the most beneficial religion, Buddhism, started by Siddhartha Gautama, the enlightened. He taught more a philosophy of life than a religion and instructed people to think for themselves and find enlightenment for themselves. He is one of those people that make this species worth saving in our opinion, whether this is true or not. His people strive to be good people over time. The incentive is that they are rewarded as coming back as some better form of life. Unfortunately, this religion philosophy is considerably dogmatic too now but less so than the other old-time religions. Initiators of a religion, called Christianity, are Jesus, the innocent, and Paul, the evangelist. Jesus was the one who developed the ideas, Paul was the implementer of the ideas. This religion illustrates an important and puzzling feature of this species. Jesus had a partner called Mary Magdala, the beloved disciple, who had considerable input in developing his ideas but received no credit and was even reviled when it became politically desirable to do so. Jesus and Mary preached love initially although that was implemented in a very different way by the followers of this religion. This religion was hugely successful over time but on balance has probably been more harmful than helpful to this species. Another religion, Islam, was fully developed by Muhammad, the well-intentioned. This religion too has been very successful but like Christianity had been more harmful than helpful over time. Again, in his case his first wife, Khadijah, played a significant role in the creation of his religion but gets no credit for it. We noticed that any religion that tries to gain more adherence becomes evil over time because the belief is that force is the best way to gain new followers. And there were interesting differences in religious practices between the European Asian African continent and the Americas. Sacrifice of humans to the god or gods was widespread in the Americas whereas that was quite uncommon in the other area. This may be an indication that religions in the Americas developed quite independently from those in Europe Asia. Probably the most influential human being was Temujin or Genghis Khan of the Mongols as he was later called. He established by far the largest empire in territory reaching all the way from China to the Caucasus Mountains in Russia. In so doing he made trade possible over a very large, secure territory and beyond but it also allowed the introduction of a plague over that large area. This plague killed millions of people and showed the disadvantage of tribalism in tackling this disease. In his case too, women did not get any credits. Specifically, his mother deserves credit for making him who he was. She helped him and his brothers and sisters survive in the Siberian wilderness and taught them incredible toughness as well as loyalty to each other and other people. Another key person in their history was Motan of the Xiongli tribe who lived about 210 BCE. He established a large empire west of China and caused the mass migration of other tribes west starting about that time. He also became such a legend that to later tribe, 
the Huns, invaded Europe and caused additional massive migrations across Europe fundamentally changing tribal or country situations all over Europe and Asia. People of more interest to the United Worlds are probably their greatest philosophers such as Confucius and Socrates. Confucius lived from about 551 BCE to 479 BCE. His followers would call him Master Kong which was modified to Confucius later on. He developed his insights in conversation with other people. He realized that he was too blunt and honest to make it as a politician and decided to be a teacher instead. He was brilliant but also very kind, an attractive combination for students and followers. His way was accessible to everybody, he never tired of learning and he had unlimited patience in teaching others. He became a wandering scholar traveling in with his disciples through all the states hoping that one of the princes would take him seriously. Instead of concentrating on the life hereafter, his followers were told to be good on earth. His mantra or golden rule was never do to others what you would not like them to do to you. He asked people to trust in the power of an enhanced humanity instead of coercion. He called this Ren. He thought you needed other people to develop your full humanity. He saw family life as the theater of the religious quest. But where others were striving for a great life hereafter, Confucius' focus was on this life. A second great thinker was Socrates who lived during the 420s BCE in Greece. He was an unusual person, the son of a stone cutter. He dressed shabbily and was an ugly man with a paunch, protruding lips and a flat upturned nose. But he was gregarious and became a well-known philosopher. He loved conversation but could be introverted too. He did not want to impart information but liked to destroy people's preconceived ideas so they were open to new ideas. He did this by the use of dialectics, a rigorous dialogue designed to expose false beliefs and elicit truth. His aim was not to come up with a clever intellectually satisfying solution but to lead others to admit there was no completely satisfying answer. This was useful because one's philosophical journey could begin once one realized how little one knows. Fundamentally he wanted people to think and do for themselves. He noted that the life unexamined is not worth living. You did not gain true knowledge except after a strenuous struggle involving all of you. It required examining one's past and present in total detail. An example to change one's ideas might be to consider a person who is brave. Such a person could easily also be considered foolhardy or stupid. Or more specifically a person could be brave by giving up one's life for the sake of saving the lives of comrades but this could also be considered stupid. He shared Buddha's suggestion to keep explanations to a minimum so as to discover the truth within oneself. In his dialectic he offered a rational alternative to the Indian philosopher's attempts to formulate absolute truth which invariably ended in total silence. For the Buddhists the moment of insight came when they realized the inadequacy of their words and thus confronted their indescribable yearnings. They sensed the Brahmin even if they could not define it coherently. Similarly, Socrates elicited a moment of truth when his fellow discussants appreciated the creative profundity of human ignorance. Failure to think deeply about the meaning of life was a betrayal of the soul called Psyche by Socrates and his follower Plato. Unlike the Atman the Psyche was separate from the body. It existed before and during life and after death too. Because of the Psyche humans could reason and aspire to goodness. Plato was a student of Socrates and recorded his ideas. He made the good the supreme indescribable yearning. Socrates lived his ideal as well as he could. When he was the object of suspicion and fear, he became a scapegoat of military defeats by saying the right things at the wrong time. He was imprisoned and refused to escape. He was a champion of truth and decided to die as a witness to the untruths being banded around. He died without anger or blame. Before he took the poisonous hemlock, 
he washed himself to save the women the trouble after his death. He thanked the jailer for his kindness and joked some about his problems. Instead of overwhelming sorrow there was a quiet receptive peace, where throughout the Axel Age sages had been preoccupied with death, Socrates showed that human beings could enjoy a serenity that transcended circumstances in the midst of pain and suffering. Women of note a few as one would expect for a species that values women much less than men, for example Mary Magdala, in our view she deserves almost as much credit as Jesus. He was a mystic by nature so he joined the Essenes at Qumran near the Dead Sea where he met and fell in love with her. Their big attraction to each other was strengthened with long philosophical discussions. Clearly this species can do well when they have a great relationship between a woman and a man as these two had. Where Jesus was an aggressive and natural leader, she was a follower and a great sounding board for his ideas. But she had many ideas of her own. She was totally committed to the idea that people should love each other, a highly desirable idea at the time when the Romans were constantly oppressing the Jews politically and through taxation, loving her man without asking anything in return like marrying her was easy for her, she loved and supported him and took care of him when she could, the Jews were yearning for a messiah similar to their legend Moses who would lead them back to the promised land and relieve them of the burdens imposed by the Romans. Jesus with advice and support from Mary especially started preaching love as the main solution to the world's problems. Initially Jesus saw himself mostly as another preacher who wanted to remedy much of the corruption and lack of piety existing in Jewish society. With the encouragement of Mary, he eventually saw himself occasionally as the Messiah but was never fully convinced of that. She certainly saw him as that. With proper encouragement from her he finally thought he talked to God when he went into the desert to pray and contemplate. They believe this after intensive and intimate discussions. After he was crucified with only several women including Mary Magdalene present, the Romans at the advice of the Jewish priests took him of the cross and put him in a tomb. When Mary and two other women came later to anoint the corpse with spices, the servant in white robe told them that he has risen again. Really hoping that this was true, Mary saw him in her dream that night confirming that. She told the story to the other disciples some of who had a similar dream so that soon people believed that Jesus actually did rise from the dead and he is referred to as Jesus the Christ and soon afterwards Jesus Christ, Christ equals the Anointed One, Cleopatra, we call her the Ambitious Enchantress because she took the art of being a woman to the greatest level we observed in this species, she aimed for the top in a way only a woman could at the time of history, she was the last pharaoh of ancient Egypt. She was a member of the Ptolemaic dynasty, a family of Greek origin which ruled Egypt after Alexander the warrior's death during the Hellenistic period. The members of this dynasty spoke Greek and refused to speak Egyptian. Greek as well as Egyptian was used on official court documents like the Rosetta Stone. The high degree of inbreeding amongst the Ptolemies can be seen from the ancestry of Cleopatra. She only had four great-grandparents, out of the more normal eight, two of whom were brother and sister and the children of her other two great-grandparents. Besides being a very successful schemer in the court of Egypt she managed to seduce two of the most powerful men in the world at the time, Julius Caesar and Mark Antony. She became mistress to Caesar, gave him a son, persuaded him not to annex Egypt and persuaded him to back her claim to the Egyptian throne. When Caesar was assassinated in 44 BCE, she returned with her relatives to Egypt. Later on she met Mark Antony in a grandiose style and so charmed him that he chose to spend the winter of 41 BCE 40 BCE with her in Alexandria, in 40 BCE, she gave birth to twins fathered by him four years later, he visited Alexandria again on his way to make war with the Parthians, 
he renewed his relationship with Cleopatra, and from this point on Alexandria would be his home. He married Cleopatra using Egyptian ceremonies although he was married to Octavia Minor, sister of his fellow triumvir Octavian. He and Cleopatra had another child, Ptolemy Philadelphus. What ultimately made Cleopatra attractive were her wit, charm and sweetness in the tones of her voice. For example, for she was a woman of surpassing beauty, and at the time, when she was in the prime of her youth, she was most striking. She also possessed a most charming voice and knowledge of how to make herself agreeable to everyone, being brilliant to look upon and to listen to, with the power to subjugate everyone, even a love-sated man already past his prime. She thought that it would be in keeping with her role to meet Caesar, and she reposed in her beauty all her claims to the throne. Certainly her charms were used to influence the most powerful men in the Western world. Cleopatra killed herself by inducing a cobra to bite her, not long after Mark Antony committed suicide. Clearly beautiful women are an extreme joy for the males of this species and can make them do crazy things as shown by several other examples in their history too. Iagalla Placidia, 392-450, was a woman ahead of her time. More than most women or men she knew how to use her connections, her charms, her cunning and her brain to get what she wanted or to get out of bad places. No man could have accomplished what she did in so many capacities. Her influence over the Western Roman Empire was amazing for a very long time. Empress Wu Zixian, 624-706, was the only woman in the history of China to assume the title of a ruling empress. She shows what a forceful and cunning woman can do. As the unofficial ruler of China first through her husband and then through her sons from 665 to 690, she established a new precedent by founding her own dynasty in 690, thus how, interrupting the Tang dynasty, she ruled under the name Sacred and Divine Empress Regnant from 690 to 705. She had been a strong-willed child who refused to study needlework like most girls of the time. Her main interest was reading, from which she gained a wide political awareness. As a child she traveled widely with her parents and developed a cultured and knowledgeable personality. She entered the Tang Palace at 13 to become a concubine of Emperor Taizong. When she was summoned to the palace, her mother Lady Yang wept, when saying farewell to her, but she responded, How do you know that it is not my fortune to meet the Son of Heaven? Lady Yang understood her ambitions, and stopped crying. After his death in 649, she was expected to spend the rest of her life as a Buddhist nun, like his other childless concubines, but she was brought back to court. Consort Wu as she became known proceeded to defeat both Empress Wang and Consort Xiao in the struggle for the Emperor's affection and Wu was made Empress. She was very suspicious that she was recognized as a capable and attentive ruler and her ability at selecting capable men and women to serve as officials was admired throughout the rest of the Tang dynasty as well as in subsequent dynasties. In 705, she was overthrown in a coup and her son was returned to the throne, but she still was called emperor until her death later in the year, although short-lived. The Zhao dynasty resulted in better equality between the sexes during the succeeding Tang dynasty. Several substances played a major role in the history of this species. Spices which were in a used for addition to food to make it taste better or to help people be or feel healthier were critical in spawning major seafaring expeditions and conquests of territory. Similarly, gold spawned seafaring expeditions, discovery and conquest of territory and wild mad rushes to areas where it was found or thought to have been found. A major discovery, guns, gave the white people a serious advantage in war over the other two races resulting in empires called colonies. In some cases, 
the native people were nearly exterminated, in other ones they survived and multiplied as slaves or serfs to the white people. There are a few examples of how life could be happy with little strife. The best example is the Minoan society experience. The Minoans were primarily a mercantile people engaged in overseas trade. Their culture, from Ka 1700 BC onward, shows a high degree of organization. They were involved in the Bronze Age's important tin trade. Tin, alloyed with copper from Cyprus, was used to make bronze. They traded in saffron produced from a mutated crocus which originated in the Aegean Basin. Objects of Minoan manufacture suggest there was a network of trade with mainland Greece, notably Mycenae, Cyprus, Syria, Anatolia, Egypt, Mesopotamia, and westward as far as the coast of Spain. The most important surviving examples of Minoan art are Minoan pottery and the palace architecture with its frescoes that include landscapes, stone carvings, and intricately carved seal stones. Their prosperity did not rely on warfare and food was plentiful from local crops and trade, so the Minoans had time to devote to art. This led to the development of a highly visual culture that created works for pleasure rather than utility, politics, or religion. Cretan society became the first known leisure society in existence. At some point, the Minoan palace culture failed catastrophically. A short time after a catastrophe, around 1420 BCE, the palace sites were occupied by the Mycenaeans. The last of the Minoan sites was the defensive mountain site of Carphi, a refuge site which displays vestiges of Minoan civilization almost into the Iron Age. There are signs of earthquake damage at many Minoan sites and clear signs of both uplifting of land and submersion of coastal sites due to tectonic processes all along the coasts. The Minoan eruption on the island of Thera, about 100 kilometers distant from Crete, occurred sometime between 1615 and 1645 BCE. The eruption devastated the nearby Minoan settlement at Akrotiri on Santorini, which was entombed in a layer of pumice. The eruption must have severely affected the Minoan population on Crete. There was a tsunami, associated with the eruption that impacted the coastal areas of Crete and may have severely devastated the Minoan coastal settlements. As the Minoans were a sea power and depended on their naval and merchant ships for their livelihood, the Thera eruption caused a significant economic hardship. This catastrophic event may have led to the rapid collapse of the culture. This is the type of society that would have been acceptable to the UW but unfortunately that is not to be expected for the species in their whole world. The species has been capable of great inventions, specifically, the manufacture and use of paper which the Chinese successfully exported to other nations, the development of agriculture that transformed human societies dramatically, shipbuilding which allowed them to travel and conquer the whole world, and the development of potentially deep thoughts. The concepts below that they developed are examples of that, ahimsa, the complete awareness of the core of oneself, a rule of conduct that bars the killing or injuring of living beings, anatta, no self-arahant, someone who, through his own efforts, has attained nirvana atman, universal spirit brahman, ultimate reality dharma, the path of righteousness dukkha, the condition of being disturbed. Karma, the total effect of a person's actions and conduct during the successive phases of the person's existence, regarded as determining the person's destiny. Kinosis, the theological term for emptiness, emptying oneself moksha, liberation from the cycle of death and rebirth or reincarnation and all of the suffering and limitations of worldly existence nirvana, the path that leads from pain and suffering to its cessation om. 
the supreme and most sacred syllable, consisting in Sanskrit of the three sounds, a, u, an, m, representing various fundamental triads, the spoken essence of the universe, it is uttered as a mantra and in affirmations and blessings, although women have made great progress it is clear that they are not in charge for any period of time anywhere in the world, women that have been in charge typically, with one exception, made it as widows through their husbands, and these women all made it basically by mimicking men successfully in their behavior, but women have had a tremendous influence in the background. Genghis Khan's mother, Mary Magdala for Jesus, and Muhammad's first wife are very good examples of that. At this time this species is clearly not ready to join the universe of worlds. We think this would require a period where women are in charge so love, beauty, enjoyment of life, and respect and tolerance of all others become the ideals for this species. Greed and love of violence need to be decreased considerably. We are not sure how that is to be accomplished. Their suggestion to the council that it might want to step in to change history so that humans would not remain the main cancer on this world was not heeded.